Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. One thing that I did not anticipate when I started to work in a consulting position and getting my hands dirty with lots of different businesses from lots of different industries and helping them grow their teams is this like constant feeling of debunking bad advice that well-meaning, well-intentioned, and successful as hell business owners are getting from people that have no business offering advice on this. There are so many business coaches out there that have a hiring section in their framework, or they have a masterclass on how to hire well, and or they have a a podcast episode where they teach you how to make these decisions. And I mean, a lot of people have learned a lot of lessons in hiring. That's kind of the funny thing about the industry that I'm in, in HR, people operations, and in helping people hire, is that we have become accustomed to sharing our experiences as business owners. And oftentimes when we get to a place where we're hiring people, those lessons can feel like really heavy and really meaningful lessons that we want to share with people. And the funny thing about it is that for some reason, I think there is a little bit of a nails on the chalkboard feeling that comes from from reading these well-meaning people's posts or hearing their advice or, you know, whatever, because I truly believe that everybody's interested in sharing advice in a in a really really good well-meaning way but every single time i have pursued hiring or been on a recruiting on the recruiting side of a project or helped um, my friend meg with recruiting on for her for our shared clients the process it has been so different it's actually one of the reasons that i chose not to include recruiting in paradigm services because the space and the capacity that I have for our business and how we serve our clients is completely engulfed in the compliance side and the labor laws and the ever-changing rules and the management of the team. And so we leave that to the recruiting experts. However, that does not change the fact that I have hired hundreds of people over the years and have been privy to hiring remote teams for the last three years in a really involved position and seeing the back end and the results of a lot of these processes and how much goes into it. And so the the topic of today's podcast, which is harmful hiring myths to stop believing, is based on an interview and a really candid conversation I had with my friend and partner Meg. Um, we do some joint efforts and joint projects together. We refer clients to each other all the time. Um, Meg is such an 
amazing person and so knowledgeable about making sure that we're creating processes that are diverse and inclusive and putting the right people in the right seats of their business, but still creating a little bit of space for that humanistic approach. And I think that Truthfully, that is the reason that we don't offer this service. We don't offer to do your hiring for you because if you want to do it right and offer it as a service, it is a whole ass business. So (laughs) if you need someone to help you find an employee and you need a recruiter that is going to understand the struggles that come with hiring a first employee, Meg is your girl. But on that note, we do want to make sure that we're calling out some of these harmful hiring myths that you absolutely have to stop believing. And truthfully, you have to stop sharing. Um, There is so much weird advice out there. Like sometimes it gets so overwhelming. And I'd love to hear about this if you as a business owner see bad advice and feel this way too. I don't know if it's just my personality or my passion or what, but sometimes when I see this advice, it literally makes me enraged. Like, I just finished reading Harry, Prince Harry's new book, and he, Spare, which, I mean, excellent title, but essentially he talks about getting so enraged that he has a red mist, which is hysterical. Literally, it's so funny to picture it. And I mean, not in the position where he was actually getting really mad because like it's a very good book. You should read it. But um, I feel the red, the, the Prince Harry red mist coming on sometimes when I see this advice. Now, it's not harmful to share your experience as a person who has hired people. It's not harmful to share your experience if you've had to let people go or if you've had to learn the hard way about certain things. The problem that I see is that people are really leaning in to the frilly floofy side of hiring and the frilly floofy side of managing and only talking about the good stuff. And I think that's really irresponsible. Um, I have a couple of really great friends that we've created and co-created trainings and things like that that they've included in their communities and you can learn from you know, these masterclasses and things like that on how to approach this in a really responsible way. Um, But it never ceases to amaze me when we have people that are teaching other people how to effectively hire and build teams and providing advice that we're going to talk about today because it's so shallow and uninformed. It's literally just like hitting share on a trending post or like seeing a Twitter that's like really like gorgeously worded and then like like a Twitter, a tweet that's just really gorgeously worded and just like sharing it as if it's gospel. And I think we as consumers of media have to get better at understanding when there's good advice and when there's bad advice. But the thing that I've really noticed is that if there, if you're finding advice out there that is really black and white, um, you're going to and skipping over the nuance of actually being in a position to bring on a team member to make that investment in a human. We shouldn't be handing out advice like that in the same context that we're handing out advice for like how to make a template shop or something. Like these are human people. Like we're not going to, you're not going to flippantly share how to bringing a human into your business in the same tone that you're going to share how to audit your offers so that you have a higher profit margin. Like 
there's way too much nuance. And the issue is that there are people involved. So you do have to take it more seriously and you have to be really careful about where you're getting this information. And I, it's always my goal to get you 10 steps ahead of without having to learn the hard way because I have learned the hard way. Trust, trust me. But I also just want to point out that these are not hard and fast rules. The things that we share on this podcast, I try to inform with nuance and with story and with understanding so you can see perspective. And that is the type of mentality that we have to immediately translate over to how we manage our team. We have to manage our team without black and white. We have to manage them with nuance and understanding. And I think a really good way to start is to challenge some of these very common and widely shared myths that you have to stop believing. Um, My therapist always tells me, don't believe everything you think. And that has been a real game changer in a lot of areas of my life. And of course, you know, I don't want to stand up here on my high horse and be like, blah, 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 hiring, only listen to me, whatever. No, there's tons of great advice out there. But if, especially if you've had experiences, I would just challenge you to, instead of sharing advice that you got from someone else that you're resharing that worked for you, share the nuance that came with your experience and your hard-won lessons if you're going to be advising people about how to hire and how to hire well. Because there are so many mistakes that we can make along the way, and I have all of those conversations on the back end, and it's not always my story to share. Um, But there are going to be so many times when everything looks perfect on the outside, and you think these people are having these kick-ass teams that are bringing them millions and millions of dollars sometimes, sometimes hundreds of thousands, whatever. And every single person on that team is going to be miserable. Or sometimes we're seeing people that are showing up and they're acting like everything is outsourced and they just have to like show up on the beach every day and they're living their dream life or whatever. But you haven't they haven't shared all the difficulties that came with replacing their right hand person two or three times and the cost of what that looks like to have to replace people over and over and the effect that it has on your clients if you're a service based business or your reputation if you're another type of business. So I just want to say as a pre cursor to these quick this quick, more quick episode than normal, um, because you can read all about this on our blog, and you can also watch a video that Meg and I have created for you about a year or so ago, um, but it still stands, and I'm still seeing these myths circulating around. So let's kick it off with my absolute favorite myth, which is hire before you're ready. Adamantly, no, 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 no. <laughs> we do not want you bringing another person into your business before you are ready to do that. Now, let's add, let's change this myth around a little bit and let's make it into something that's real. Let's let's think about the different ways that this can actually make sense or what nuances are supposed to occur in order for this to make sense. And realistically, if we're if you're hearing this out there, hire before you're ready, hire before you're ready. That's not true. It's not good to do that. We don't do a high pressure sales process to get people to hire. My job isn't to help you to decide to hire. Your business is going to tell you when it's ready to hire. But your responsibility is to understand that you need to hire even if you feel like there are still things that you need to learn. And instead of approaching it in a situation that's like, just get it out there and hire it and learn it the hard way. It's no, you need to understand that hiring before you're ready is probably something that you're going to have to do all the time. I've heard people say, you should always do things before you're ready and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, sure, like that's that's probably kind of cool advice. But when it comes to hiring, this is one of the only things in business where you're talking about the livelihood and the mental health of another person. 
So if you're not feeling like you're ready to take on this responsibility and your gut is telling you that it's not just a little mindset thing that you have to work on and overcome to ensure that you feel like you're ready to hire them, what you actually, the advice that should be out there is when it's time for you to hire, make sure that you're ready to get ready. (laughs) So what that should mean for you is that you are taking on an additional responsibility and you're opening up a gate to learn and act on new things. You're not just going to click a button and hit hire and then you're ready to go. Like that's not not how it works. There are a million other things that go into it. If you're going to do it right, there's a bunch of steps that you have to take to make sure that you're compliant. There's over 180 federal laws, not to mention all of the state and legislation that pa- is passed through uh, counties. I mean, my one of the, the business I work for that's local, we have we're in San Diego County, but both of the locations are outside of San Diego County. So they both have different minimum wage laws. And that affects not only our salaried employees, but also our hourly employees. It's like, OK, are you ready to be able to take on the responsibility of all of that? Because It's one thing to say that you're not ready because you don't have any of the foundational pieces together. It's another thing to say that you're not ready because you're scared and it's making you nervous because you're taking it really seriously and you want to do it right. So just make sure that when you think hear this myth that we hear online all the time, hire before you're ready. That's a complete myth. That's not true. Instead, treat hiring like it's supposed to be treated, which is making sure that you're doing it right and that you're putting time aside to ensure that you can get ready and not to be like sound super sporty or whatever, but stay ready. Stay on top of it. Stay compliant. Take it seriously. Take this decision seriously. It's another person. So the next myth that we hear circulating on the Internet all the time is hiring is like dating, which is super gross. I mean, honestly, like we are talking about humans with their careers. Yes, I understand that there is going to be some ties to how you might approach a situation that you're hiring your first employee and you want there to be good chemistry. And, you know, I can see all of those analogies and I can see all of those connections that people are making. But I have seen full on posts and Instagram lives about how hiring is like dating and you have to it's a numbers game and you got to meet a lot of people until you find the right match. No, like when you hire someone, it shouldn't feel like dating at all. You're you're bringing someone into a space that is created and curated and ready for them to show up as themselves. If we treated dating like that, then we'd be accountable for a lot of weird stuff. So when you hear that, that hiring is like dating, I really challenge you to not think, oh my gosh, that's wrong, Kira told me because, ew, it's gross and it sounds weird, but instead to think about it in a bigger perspective. So there's a lot of people that will say, listen to your gut when it comes to hiring. And, you know, maybe that's true. Um, There's also advice out there that's listen to your gut when you're interviewing. If you like the person, that's the most important thing. That is not the most important thing, especially when you're hiring sales or marketing people. Their whole job is to be likable. So we are always going to like them. Actually, we need to hire for things that maybe don't always feel so aligned with what we are doing. Maybe we need to hire people that are going to push us a little bit. Maybe hire people that might intimidate us a little bit or 
find us feeling like we have to stretch a little bit to ensure that we can provide a space where they can truly be themselves. That is what's going to contribute to growing our business. Hiring somebody and then becoming best friends with them, as fun as it is, is definitely not something that's always going to lend itself to the best work that happens in your business. And that is another thing that Meg and I talk about at length, not only in our blog, but also in our training that we have in our Set to Scale community. Because if we're always looking for people that are a good culture fit, and people use culture fit as an excuse for just hiring more people like themselves, then we're not going to actually have a diverse business model, and we're not going to be able to show up for our clients with the best perspectives. We're not going to be pushed, and we're just constantly contributing to the systemic problem and the horrible hiring practices that are out there. So when we're talking about being strategic and how you are posting jobs, I highly recommend looking into someone like Meg, who's going to show you where you can post jobs to have a little bit more diversity, or how you can add things into your job description that are going to attract a different type of person. Now, I want to just do a really quick caveat here in that we do support our clients in making sure that they have everything they need in order to hire. I mean, I've done this so many times. We want to give them the tools if they want to choose, if they choose to hire themselves, especially when it comes to their first employee, because we've already talked about what a huge role that is and how we might might look at it a little bit differently than others. But we do want to be businesses that are changing things from the ground up. And in that case, you there are strategic things that you can do with building out a job and building out a job post and then also the job description and making sure that they understand what's expected from them um, that are still going to contribute to you having a great relationship with your team member, even if they are different from you. Um, there are plenty of studies out there that go into all about how diversity and um, differences in perspective and diverse hires are good for business. It's it's a win-win overall. You can be a better person, treat this really seriously, and have people showing up that are bringing a different perspective to your business that challenges you to think in a different way. And I hear a lot of people that'll say like, oh, I just, I found this person, like, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had an intentional process, blah, blah, blah. Um, they just get it. They just get it. Like, it's like they finished my sentences, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's really awesome. It's really cool to find somebody like that, especially if you can create a place where they can thrive and grow. But if you're hiring another you, then you're not really challenging yourself to think in a different way. And I want to get the most bang for my buck. So I want to hire people that are going to challenge the way that we think about our business. And if you're thinking about it like dating, then you're not going to be attracting people that are different from you and different and people that are going to cause friction and challenge you. So being able to recognize that there is something really short-sighted when it comes to that advice is is it's pretty important. Um, but it also does not really lend itself to productive and sustainable business practices. Okay, so, and you can read all about that on our blog. There's lots of information there, especially as we move into conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to make sure that we're doing our part to ensure that our industries are moving in the right direction when it comes to hiring practices. Um, moving into our next myth, the third myth revolves around hiring contractors versus contractors versus hiring employees. We all know about this. Um, we know how helpful it is to have contractors on your team. We all know how helpful it is to make sure that you have support that you can count on on your team. And we all know how valuable it is to make sure that we're listening to what our business needs and then acting accordingly when it comes to staffing our business appropriately. So when I always I always like to talk about how we don't really get to choose what our business needs. Our business will tell us if they need a, a contractor or an employee. And we have 
several episodes about this if you want to dive in deeper. Um, We also have a quiz that I can share in the show notes that will take you on a journey to figure out what it is that you're, what it is that you need as an employee or a contractor for the next role that you're hiring for. Um, So in order to make sure that you get all that information, I'm going to just acknowledge that there are a lot of people out there telling you that you can get away with hiring contractors um, to do certain jobs in your business and that you don't have to worry too much about that and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And this might be a little bit scary, so skip past it if it's not something that you want to acknowledge right now. But there has been, as businesses have all sort of transitioned into becoming online businesses, the discussion around misclassification of employees and contractors has gotten louder and louder and more and more prominent. And as a result of that, we have the IRS that has hired literally tens tens of thousands of new people to make sure that contractors are not being exploited. So depending on what frame you look at this conversation in, we just want to make sure that we are not part of the problem, that your business is part of the solution, and that you are creating and developing an environment where people can thrive and count on their job, and you are not exploiting people that should be getting the benefits of being an employee instead of being a contractor. Um, I just have to like add this in because I guess this is a spicy episode. I hear from people sometimes, oh yeah, like California, New York, Colorado, they're terrible places to have a company. They're terrible places to have employees. It costs so much money, blah, blah, blah. Well, I live here and I have employees in multiple states across that um, generalization. Some of them, one of them isn't in California at all. One of them has been in California before. I'm in California. And I will say that my, that is not true. When we hire people in those states, the states are actually providing benefits to our employees so that we don't have to. So when we're building out your company policies and you're deciding whether or not you want to provide maternity leave and things like that, if they live in a state that you consider to be, quote unquote, more expensive, yeah, maybe the minimum wage is expensive, but you're offering the same money regardless of where they're located. That's how we we teach you to hire. You do what your business can afford. The only difference is if your team member needs to go on maternity leave, the state that they live in is going to fund that instead of your business. And the states that provide that type of disability are generally the states that people in business are constantly complaining about being too expensive. And I'll give you one guess as to why that happens. It's because the people that are yapping about expensive states are men (laughs) and they don't give a crap what their employees get as benefits if they're not currently plugging away and working for them every single day. Wow, this is going to get me in trouble. Anyway, so there's my little thing on that. And the reason that it's important to us as business owners is that if we are not classifying our people correctly, then they don't get to actually take advantage of those state-funded resources like unemployment or disability or um, family leave, all these other things that are eligible depending on the state that they live in and where they live and the whole reason that all of us pay taxes in the first place. Um, Okay, so that's enough of my snark for that one. The last myth that I want to talk to you guys about is my favorite one to debunk, which is hire slow and fire fast. So in in the blog, we talk about how this is the ultimate corporate cop out. So this is a myth that comes from corporate where you are essentially taught to create a hiring process that is difficult and has a bunch of hoops to jump through and weird little things. So one example I'll give is there was a trend a while back where people were 
putting little hidden secret messages in their job descriptions and hidden messages in their job postings and um, and then asking people and trying to catch them to see if they read the whole post or, you know, whatever. And not only is that such a, like, silly thing to do, but it's also really ableist. Um, many people, when reading our job posts, are skimming. And being able to skim those job posts and job descriptions is to see if it's a good fit is normal and acceptable. We shouldn't be holding people to a standard before we're even paying them that they have to memorize stuff that we create. Um, we don't do that for our clients. We build sales pages that are skimmable. So why would we do that to people that we are going to get a return from them working for us? Um, so again, hire slow, fire fast. I don't know. Why would you hire slow? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Your people that are applying for jobs are motivated and excited. Why not capitalize on that when they find a company like yours that you can work for? We actually believe that if you have a thorough and inclusive hiring process, you don't have to take six months to do it. You know, it takes a little bit of time to put together your HR strategy, your your especially for your first employee your how you're showing up for your team. It takes some time to put together their job descriptions and the KPIs and how you're going to measure that they're showing up and, and doing what they're supposed to do. It takes time to train them. Um, those are like hiring slow. Like what? Why? Like I have a friend who's very high up in a very popular company in an app that we all use every single day. And that friend is extremely experienced and has worked in several other major companies and is just a wealth of knowledge and any company would be lucky to have her. And when, when she was looking for a new job a few years ago, she was like, why are these companies making it hard for me to apply? This is ridiculous. Like they, they, they write this beautiful job description and everything sounds amazing and they're spending all this money on benefits, but they're making it so freaking hard for me to apply. I can't even, I'm not even getting it to talk to someone for six months. I've already moved on. I forgot about that job. Like, why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. So that's something in corporate that we need to change. And we do not want to adapt that to our positions that we're hiring for in our remote teams and in our online business. Um, and the second part of that, fire fast, that is just like really harmful. Um, turnover is one of the most expensive things in business. And if we're creating a situation where people are taking forever to get hired and then we're firing them in five minutes, like how, how does that help anybody? Um, and I think, you know, sometimes we get like a little bit romantic, like, oh, well, we're gonna have to find the right person. I have to be wowed by them. I have to do this and that. Back in the beginning of this podcast, we talked about hiring when you're ready. And I don't, one of the things that we bring up and I don't want to skip over is that when you're, when you're making the decision to hire, one of the ways that you can get ready and stay ready is to understand that when you're bringing this person into your company, their success is your responsibility. So if that's the case, then hire slow, fire fast is basically just letting us know that we are not going to take responsibility for the decisions that are made in our slow hiring process. Sometimes you just have to make a decision, get going, and help people to get to their best potential. However, there is going to be a moment when you have to decide if this is the right person for the job. Your hiring process should be able to suss it out. You should have a strategy in place that's going to get the right people in the position. But there are going to be times when people are hired and it's just not the right fit. That's just the way people are. People are unpredictable. And that's the beautiful thing about what we do. 
is that we want to make sure that we're creating a culture and an environment where people want to work and we deserve their attention and we deserve their effort. But at the same token, if they don't work out, you should be able to recognize some actual factors that are contributing to that. And when that decision is made, it's really helpful to be able to say, I did everything I could to ensure this person's success and they didn't show up and do it. If you can't say that, then your strategy needs to go all the way back to the beginning and think about when you first decided to hire and the steps that you took. You probably made some mistakes along the way. So just keep in mind that we all make mistakes along every in every part of the journey. And I don't want this episode to feel super snarky or rude or anything like that. Um, but these are real these myths that people are believing, they're not just adopting, they're believing them and they're running their business based on them are so freaking harmful that it is causing an issue in our in online entrepreneurship or our remote workspace that we can you can just open up TikTok and see all the Gen Zs talking about all the weird stuff that millennial bosses are doing. <laughs> And if we want to be able to keep up and make sure that our industry has a good reputation and that we can stand up for what we believe in and make sure that we are showing up as a different kind of boss than where we came from, then we have to stop believing these myths and we have to stop acting like it gives us some kind of free pass that we got this advice from outdated and kind of BS sources and it's giving us an excuse to take action in one way or another this is what accountability and leadership truly looks like and it starts with making sure that you are responsibly consuming media um one thing I just want to say is that there's plenty of great advice out there, but if you are a business owner that helps people with hiring, if you're a fellow HR villain or a recruiter or even a business coach that may have one of those hiring sections in your frameworks, just make sure that you're approaching it from a place of sharing your experience unless you have actual solid understanding of what works and what doesn't and the numbers to back it up. If you've hired a few hundred people and it has worked every single time and or most of the time, then definitely let's talk about it because I love to hear some of those things that are really working for our new our new area of business. Business has completely changed over the last few years. They say that we skipped 10 years ahead when the pandemic started, when it came to remote work and to um, building creative and fundamentally different work cultures. And we have a responsibility to make sure that we are enriching our environment and enriching the environment in which people can hire. Because let's be honest, like we've seen it not work out so great with so many employees and we've seen some semblance of of our fellow business owners get burned by employees and things like that. Um, but this is all part of business and it's all part of growth. And when you are feeling like it's time to expand your team or when it's time when you if you're a manager that's trying to learn to be better then don't listen to outdated harmful myths because there is so much better more nuanced resources out there that are going to be a little bit better for your personality and what you want and how you want to show up as a leader and what you're capable of doing as a leader all right. So that's all we've got for that. But I'd love it if you would just make sure that you are following along because we have some amazing guests coming up in the podcast. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on these myths. Um, make sure you're sending me a DM or a voice memo on Instagram. I'd love to talk about this a little bit more. Um, and this was a very spicy episode. So <laughs> hopefully not too many of you are pissed at me. But if you are, I'd love to talk about it. That's how we learn. And that's how we grow. So I invite this discussion. Have a great rest of your day and talk to you next week. 
If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.